Part two, one night in Boston, how to lose a car, make a friend and find God in 24 hours. Part two, if you were following along on the last reading, you heard about my husband and I parking the car in Boston um, as we dropped off our daughter um, for a concert. This is where we pick up. This is the second of three posts, so be sure and either listen to the first one or catch up um, or jump in wherever you are and then go back. So we've been walking around for about five hours in the city. We get a call. It's time to pick up our daughter. No problem. Honey, which way back to the car? My husband, we just need to follow this road. Okie dokie. Hmm, one small problem. It's dark and somehow, some way, we aren't able to find the lot our car is parked in. My hub, he's determined. He's convinced we parked in a certain area. I'm so geographically challenged, I limp along behind him, hopeful, trusting, at first. A half hour of walking later, I'm starting to rub my temples. We have walked and walked and doubled back, and still there's no sign of the said lot. I glance upward at the night sky, noting the stars. I'm following my hubby somewhat reluctantly. There's a storm beginning to brew between us. Is it a fact or a myth that men refuse to ask for directions? When my husband actually relents and asks strangers, I begin to panic. Surely this one sign assures our complete hopelessness. It's like the final frontier. I've known him for 30 years and can count the times he has asked for help, let alone directions. I start to melt down. These almost 50-year-old hips start to ache. Look at me. I'm getting old. (laughs) I'm, I'm getting hate texts at the time from my exhausted daughter from across the town as she's waiting for us. In an unknown area, too. I begin to hyperventilate. The phone slips from my hand and smashes to at least five distinct pieces on the ground. He looks at me and states, uncharacteristically hope you didn't break it because you're not getting a new one. Oh, hubby and I are at a standoff about to have the mother of all marriage fights big guns are about to come out our voices are loud Italian sign language wildly flailing arms it's being used freely and thankfully we're so far away from the hub of the city now it doesn't matter Enter Tito. Okay, enter Clarence. You flip it either way. If you're a fan of It's a Wonderful Life, you will appreciate that Clarence is sent to help George Bailey at his moment of hopelessness. Well, God sent this feuding couple a soft-spoken, a soft-spoken, easy-going, out-for-a-walk Bostonian named Tito. For some reason, Tito is not taken aback or afraid of us. I quickly sum up 
whether he is a killer or not. After a minute or two of talking with him, I assess he's reasonably safe. I can tell my hubby, who is much less trusting than I, is doing the same. Plus, let's face it, we're at Tito's mercy one way or another. Perhaps he's wondering the same about the crazy Rhode Islanders he has stumbled upon. He confirms we are about 30 minutes away from where we need to be. He offers us a ride. He says, I grew up in Boston. I can get you to the lot and get right on the highway and head home. It's no trouble at all. I look at my husband and know this is the ultimate question for any man. Will we accept the help offered from this stranger? I wait to see what he will say, eyeing him behind Tito's back, waiting for the nod of approval or disapproving, don't even think about it look. He's tired and lost and I get the nod. My almost 50 year old hips rejoice along with my blistered feet. We are also for the moment sidetracked from our wrath toward one another and are arguing whether we're near Fenway, the city, or where in Never Neverland for that matter. But there's still more. And God shows up as always just in time only to remind us he's always been there. Tomorrow, join me for the conclusion of our Boston adventure and the invaluable take-homes for our journey. Hey, thanks for joining me today.